How's it going, everybody? I'm Luke with Joe for another edition of the Charging Buffalo podcast. Here to talk about um, the developments over the last week uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. And there have been quite a few. A big one yesterday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the big news that broke the day before. COVID-related, which Joe leads me into our first segment, if you want to call it here. Welcome back, the booty chic of the week. <laughs> it's been a long time. It it's has. Been a long time. It has. And we have we are awarding... You know what's special? This is the first booty cheek we're handing out in quite some time. But it's a special occurrence. It is the New Jersey Devils. The entirety yes. of the team. Yes, the entire it's one big booty team, cheek. the organization... You can even lump the NHL into this, too. Probably more so on the NHL than the Devils. But, yeah, how many COVID cases do the Devils have? 14. 14. No. Yeah, it was the NHL. It was the NHL that didn't share the info with the Sabres. Uh, 14 Devils have tested positive for coronavirus. And as a result, Taylor Hall and Rasmus Ristolainen have been placed on the Sabres' uh, COVID list. And, of course... They, the two teams played each other uh, twice over the weekend. And Kyle Palmieri is the one off the top of my head who actually played with COVID. Mm-hmm. As, uh, and I don't I don't know if they didn't test him, like, you know, in time or it just missed. I, I don't know. I didn't. I don't remember the story there because I was at work when the news broke. But uh, a gross oversight by the NHL. Uh, and while the Devils, that means they broke protocol. They did something bad. They didn't follow the rules. Mm-hmm, it seems sure. like it's very hard for hockey guys to follow rules for some reason. And uh, this is the result. Sabres are on pause. Uh, their facility is close to the 8th, but their next game is until the 11th. So True. over a week until we see the Sabres play again. Games against the They will be wearing their reverse retro jerseys against the Capitals in that That's game. Right. So that's, that's right. That's something to look forward to. Maybe that's a good omen, uh, but the games against the Islanders, which were to be played yesterday and tomorrow, Thursday the 4th, and the Bruins uh, this coming weekend and one of the weekdays after have been postponed. So, The 14 Devils that have tested positive include Jesper Bratt, Connor Carrick, Aaron Dell. Well, Aaron Dell, I think he's just in quarantine because he's coming from Toronto, so he might not have it. Jack Hughes, Andreas Janssen, Yanni Kukinen, Michael McLeod, Kyle Palmieri, Damon Severson, Ty Smith, Matt Tennyson, friend of the podcast, Sammy Votnin, Pavel Zaka, Travis Zajac. Three of those guys off the top of my head scored on us. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, side note, Ty Smith, good player. I didn't get to watch these Devils games, but it's nice to see that he's – having success in New Jersey. He was one of my favorite prospects from a couple of years ago, but you were able to watch these devils games. What did you think? The, you know what? It's funny. Cause uh, the devils are still a team of guys, <laughs> you know, like they're just, they're there, but Lindy Ruff is showing like, it, it, this is a Lindy Ruff job. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, 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 he's a catalyst here. It's clear that he is getting the most out of these guys they're they're hard workers. I think they're tied with us for the uh, fifth spot in the division. But I mean, Lindy's going to galvanize these guys. You know, he's gonna he's gonna rile them up. Um, if they're going to be competitive this year, it's going to be because of Lindy, and they've done good. I mean, they're missing two NHL goalies, I believe. In uh, well, Crawford retired, and then yeah. uh, Blackwood's hurt, so that mm-hmm. leaves Eric Comrie. I think Blackwood is was just taken off the COVID list. Well, maybe they'll, they'll, I believe, get him back soon wherever they resume play. But no, the Devils were a, they're a tough team to play against. Uh, but again, it's that very, uh, I hate to use the term old school hockey, but they're not, they're not, the, they're not entertaining, but they get it done. They, mm-hmm. uh, they play good hockey. I was listening to the WGR uh, broadcast at work and both of, both of these games, I worked during them and, at least the second game, it just sounded like, you know, it's bad when it sounds bad. Like when you can tell they're playing bad just from listening to the game. 
And it sounded to me like they were just completely getting their heads caved in in the second game against the Devils. I think, yeah, all three periods, there was a goal in like the last minute of play. I know the first periods for sure there was. And then I think they had an empty netter actually. So, yeah, you'd be be correct. They scored (laughs) an absolute fluke of a goal uh, with like 16 seconds left in the first period. Then the second period, you – have you seen it? What no, happened? Second, I didn't look back. No, it, it was just, I don't even know how to describe it, but the puck was cleared or something. And Eichel was one of the guys heading back. might've been Colin Miller. I think was another one. They're skating back, but you know, they're, they're not taking it very seriously. They're not, they're not respecting the play because there, there's three seconds left, but the devil's guy, I forget who it was. It might have been Ty Smith because I think he had two goals that game. He he says, okay, well, whatever. I'm going to send it. There's three seconds left. And Hutton doesn't make the stop. It was it was brutal. It was a three against one in favor of the defense and uh, did not go the Sabres way. And it was it was horrible, horrible. Yeah. Not, not a goal <laughs> you want to allow at any point in a hockey game, uh, let alone with three seconds left in a period. That's just heartbreaking Wes, to give up so many goals with less than a minute to go. Well, Come on. how many seasons now have they been doing that? Yeah. Goals in the final minute, shorthanded goals. Well, what we've talked goals about as many times minute. before, what about you score a goal and then within a minute or two, they tie it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened a couple times this year already. Mm-hmm. And the trend of allowing guys to score their first goal against you. Oh yeah, that's been a thing season, for ten years. Forever. Yeah, yeah. Lexi Lafreniere, he's and Keandre Miller, they both scored their first NHL goals against the Sabers in the two games before, and also two more games. I didn't, th- I don't think the Sabers played all that well in, especially the second game. The first game, they did that thing that we've been talking about for years. Again, another part of their game they just haven't gotten rid of is where they have the lead in the third period and they go underneath their shell and they just try, they play to protect the lead. They play like they're scared. Two shots, two shots on goal in the third period. I remember I wrote the game recap for the charging Buffalo.net and that was disgusting. Linus Allmark. I think he, he stole those points for this team. Yeah. He's been playing really well lately. I will definitely give him that. He's had really good games especially in the shootouts. He's been excellent in the shootout. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sabres have stolen two shootout wins because of him. But uh, the, the, the Rangers one uh, just not a good effort over the first, over those two games Uh, got outplayed in the first period of the, uh, the second game too. didn't score until the final seconds. Uh, They just, they just got outplayed the whole time there. They had to come from behind three times. Didn't have one lead. Yeah. Uh, And then, Lafreniere wins it. You know, if you look at the standings, they're still in it. Mm-hmm. They're very much in it, although they're not going to be playing for a while, not until the 11th. But I don't know. I just don't know what to think of this team. I don't know about you, but I know, especially towards the beginning, the analytics looked like they were swinging in their favor. And then I haven't really gotten a chance to look at any of the charts after the past four games. But I can't imagine that they're still good. No, like, uh, it, it can't be. I, they're, they're, if, <laughs> if we have good analytics and analytics don't mean anything, okay? That's like because <laughs> this team they they looked bad. They've looked like they looked really it's the really same bad. Same old Sabers that we've seen the last three years. Yeah, I mean, even when the analytics look good, they didn't to, to me at least. My eyes weren't telling me that this is a good hockey team. No. And listen, I know the listeners are probably sick of hearing us say it's the same team as last three years. I'm sick of saying it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure. not, you know, I'm, I'm with you. It's just, this is what I see. It's, it it's looks bad. like they, they do look better on the penalty kill. I will give them that. They do seem a little more disciplined, especially towards the beginning of the season. They were in comparison to where they are now we are still in the beginning of the season but the first few three four games they looked very disciplined they didn't get to the box that much and then you look at this four game homestand yeah they were at home right i think they were at home yes 
Uh, they were in the box a lot more. You did see some. That's power something play Rob goals. Ray said. Is we took uh, like fourteen penalties over yeah. four games after taking like I don't know some small amount over the first six or something. Yeah. But, yeah. So I don't know. I really don't know what to think of this team. Their power play, who they have on the power play, there's no excuse to be not scoring power play goals at all in any games. You should be at least scoring one or two power play goals a night with the talent they have. And sometimes you're watching this power play and they can't even keep it in the zone, in the offensive zone. It's shocking. Yeah, they they find themselves getting into too many battles along the walls, I think, and they're not particularly good at winning those because most of the time when they do that, you just know the pucks end up at the other end of the ice. But yeah, like you said, there's no excuse really for why they can't keep the puck in. I noticed that they have been going with Darlene and Risto line and they've been going with two defense, I believe uh, yeah. just because they stick Risto in front of uh, the goal, which it seems like it's working so far. That's right. Yeah. It does. When, when, but when that's they, with, that's with Reinhardt out though. So right. When Reinhardt comes back, you imagine that Risto line is going to be taken off the first power play unit, unless they take Darlene off the first power play unit. But ever since his benching, he, I don't know about he's the fine. Devils games, but he's been a lot better. So yeah. that's good. He's been fine. Um, uh, he gave the uh, the attitude to uh, Rooney on the Rangers yeah. <laughs> along the bench, um, like John Cena. But that was a fun moment. But yeah, we're we're still waiting on him to get his first goal, of course. But he had a, he, he had. Did, a few I thought chances. he scored. Didn't he score in the Devils games, or did he get an assist? He might have scored it. Oh wait, I yeah, he, he scored. scored the slap shot from the blue yeah. line. Okay, yeah, that was yeah that that was him. That was in them. Yeah, yeah, good call. Uh, so yeah, he asked for school then. So good, 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 Rasmus, good. But uh, man, you know, like as much as I trash on this team, it does suck that they aren't going to play until next Thursday. Oh yeah, I was looking forward to that game yesterday, and I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah, you know, I have <laughs> NHL, I have NHL TV, and there's games on every night. Even though there's only two on tonight, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, there's hockey on, but it, you know, it's not the same. Not watching Sabers, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Jets fan. I like watching the Jets, even though they're not the most entertaining team anymore. Uh, but still, you know, it's I gotta, I gotta see, no matter how bad they are, I gotta. I got to watch them no matter yeah. how, and this is another thing I don't have, no matter how little attachment I have anymore to anybody on this team, I still got a root for them. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Also, I wanted to touch on something about Lindy Ruff. Oh, I think yes. he's starting to prove that maybe the bring back Lindy people weren't so crazy after all, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I know for sure that I would take Lindy Ruff coaching this team over Ralph Kruger. And I know there are some Kruger apologists out there, but I just, I don't see it. I don't nope. see it at all. You know, people, I think because a lot of fans want to get into this mindset where they want to be progressive and be seen as like, you know, smart and say, oh, no, we can't go back to the old days. And uh, they yeah, it's are like, in the old days. Yeah. they're uh, Ralph Kruger is the definition of an oldies coach. Mm-hmm. Dump and chase. They're still doing that. I don't, I, they need an offensive minded coach they yeah. tried to do that with phil housley but he just wasn't the right fit i am gonna say it again bruce boudreau pluck him off of nhl network <laughs> and put him behind the bench if you can't fire kruger make him the highest paid assistant coach in the league do whatever you gotta do i think mm-hmm. bringing in boudreau would do wonders i think it'd do wonders for rasmus Dahlin too and if Dahlin, if you <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question, a couple questions. Do you think Jeff Skinner can score 25 goals again, 30 goals in an 82-game season with Ralph Kruger as his head coach? No. Ralph doesn't want to give him the time. Mm -hmm. And I know Skinner's playing well. I know his advanced stats are well and good playing with Lazar and Shahan. But the fact is Jeff Skinner – is here to score goals and he's not doing that with where he is in the lineup. And I know he's getting chances, but you got to put him in the position to succeed and to score those goals playing Victor Olofsson with Jack Eichel. Why? 
Olafson is only getting production on the power play, and he's very good at it. He's starting to even get a ton of assists, too. And he is scoring those goals still. Why not put Skinner with Peichel? And I have you know, another question for you, too, after this. Thought. Oh, let, yes. Let me just give a thought here. Uh, Skinner, I think part of it could be on him, too, because, yes, he's getting chances with the minutes that he has. It's, it's, it's remarkable what he's done with the line that he's on and compared to the top lines, like what they're playing. It's remarkable the chances that he has produced. But at the same time, like he has to finish. I yeah. want to know why he has, because like maybe some of it's dumb luck, but like why can't this guy put the puck in the net when he's getting these excellent chances? He's for everywhere sure. on the ice. He's creating chance from everywhere. He's in front of the net, getting off just shots from wild angles, and they're hitting the net. But I, I, I don't. Uh, eventually, he has he has to put one in, right? Like mm-hmm. he has to finish. Some of it has to be on him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you think he's already getting these chances uh, in the bottom six role that he's playing. Uh, he'd get even more with, with Jack, uh, that's for sure, on the you top line. You know what's line. puzzling to me is Kruger comes out and when Thompson was a train wreck in one of those games, took Thompson off that line, put Skinner up there with Eichel, and Kruger after the game is saying, oh, he deserved it. He mm-hmm. deserved a shot to play with Eichel. And then the next game, where is he? He's on the fourth line again. Mm-hmm. Well, Why do you they think giving him looks for yeah. one, two, three shifts? And then they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. You go back, banished to the fourth line. Well, I wonder how Jack feels that the guy that you traded for, Jeff Skinner, to play with him is not playing with him. He's as far away from Jack Eichel as he could possibly be. And then the other guy you just signed this offseason – is now moved off of Jack's line and was yeah. supposed to be playing with Michael. He's supposed to be his winger. Jack must be thinking, when are they going to give me a winger that can actually play with me? This is what we were expecting. Hall came here because he wanted to play with me. And now uh, this guy behind the bench is jumbling these lines. And I think well, <laughs> you have to let Jack have his way because it's getting to that critical point where, you know, uh, he's, he's going to get frustrated. I mean, he probably already is frustrated. Yeah, 100%. But Skinner scored 40 goals with Eichel two years ago. They brought him in to play with Eichel. They did. That's one thing Housley did. He did not really take Skinner off that line at all that season. Mm -hmm. Skinner scored 40 goals. And then what happens? Kruger comes in here. He's playing with Sabotka and Marcus Johansson. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And he never really gave him a chance last year. He's gotten a couple chances this year, but not nearly long enough to produce. It Skinner has never been able to create for others. Why not just stick with what works? You don't need him to try and go out there on his own line and try and score 40. If you're getting 40 goals on one line, just stick with it. Yeah. Goals are goals. Just keep him there. And it's frustrating when you hear this, this coach say, uh, well, you know, we, we put them on the first line when we're trying to score goals. That's something we do when we're trying to score goals. You're always trying to score goals. You can't score goals right now. <laughs> Sorry, I got loud there. I hope you didn't. You're good. You're good. Okay. But he his defense for this is, oh, we need to get goals throughout the lineup. Yeah. The simple solution here is put Victor Olofsson down the lineup because he's still got enough talent to score goals, but at least he's still going to score goals on the power play. Skinner signed on the dotted line for it was an eight year deal. Or was it, I think it was eight years. Yeah, it was a eight year contract. He's got six years left on that deal after this season. Because we were the only team that could offer him eight, and that was a big deal, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he got six years left on his contract after this season. Nine million dollars per second highest paid player on the team for the time being. Do you think Skinner would have signed that contract knowing that he wasn't going to be playing with Jack Eichel again? No. No. This is something I've, yeah, I've thought about this at different points. Absolutely not. And I'm sure the some fans would be like, oh, I'm sure the Sabres wouldn't have signed that contract either. If blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. Contract aside, Skinner is not a guy who can create those chances on his own line. He needs... A star. At this point in his career, I think he needs a star. He needs a supporting cast around him 
that can produce. And Lazar and Cheyenne, they've been nice surprises this year. Lazar has more goals than both Eichel and Hall combined. I think he has three goals now. That's crazy. But I don't know. Why not just put him with Eichel? We've been saying this for over a year now. Just do it. Like It's not going to hurt. It's only going to help. Well, see, that's, that's the thing, too, that we got to remember, is that like if Hall and Eichel could get scoring and Skinner can get scoring, they're competing in a lot more of these games. I mean, like we haven't lost by – we haven't gotten blown out recently yeah you know we've, we've lost game. the first game was a blowout yeah but that's it uh and then the other game they lost three nothing but that was uh they outplayed the flyers what i understand i didn't see that game but yeah they did yeah but so yeah if your top guys can get going it could be different obviously they're not going to score every game but i mean a goal here and a goal there from those guys uh when you're losing one goal games i mean that that's points, right? In the standings, that's the difference between. And an I think if loss. they get Eichel, Hall, and Skinner scoring, they're winning all of these games. Mm-hmm. They're probably nearer at the top of the league if that's happening. But unfortunately, it's not happening. No. And well, Eichel's got two goals. Hall has one. Skinner's still yet to score. I don't know if if you don't think Jeff Skinner can get going and be back to 20 to 30 goal pace and form under Kruger, there's a simple solution there. And I have another question for you where if it's mm-hmm. another no answer, there needs to be some uh, thought. Okay. About the coach. Do you think that Rasmus Dahlin can become a true and legitimate number one defenseman with Ralph Kruger as his head coach? It certainly doesn't seem like it through this point but i mean like some of the development has to be on rasmus too i think yes right stop making goofy mistakes um he still makes you know really uh generational plays if you will right uh Mm -hmm. like he's very good with his stick he showed flashes of strength you know when he does get physical but the part that falls on kruger is letting him create some offense and letting him carry the puck and uh, Rasmus Dowling shouldn't be dumping the puck in. No, at center ice. No, that's like, you're not drafting a defenseman first overall to do that. If you're drafting a defenseman first overall, they're doing something more than playing defense. Right. Yes. Like, I mean, Rasmus Dowling with his skill set, he could be an excellent winger. Oh yeah. Uh, Absolutely. But no, defense you, they, doesn't work out for him. I think that putting him at forward would be wonderful. See, like, and uh, maybe he's Eric Carlson. You know, the the defensive part might not be there in the in the NHL, but uh, so that part might fall on him. But the part of utilizing his skill set certainly falls uh, on the coach, and Kruger has just not allowed him to do that. But at some point, is Kruger just going to let this guy be who he is? If he's not I Nick Jalmerson. You're not going to make him Nick Jalmerson. If he's Eric Carlson, let him be Eric Carlson. I don't understand why that's such a hard concept to grasp. Mm-hmm. He's Is he 21 yet? He might be 21. I think he's 20. But still, just let this guy do his thing. And another yeah. thing, this falls on upper management here. Why haven't they gotten a partner for this guy? Mm-hmm. A true legitimate defense partner. For years, we were saying, oh, let's go get Jack Eichel a winger. Let's go get him. Like 2016, there was, oh, go, let's go sign Eichel a nice winger. Kyle Oposo. Didn't work out, but <laughs> how come no one's talking about getting Rasmus Dahlin a nice, rock solid veteran defense partner for him? No right. one's talking about that. Are we you just going to settle for having Colin Miller, Brandon Montour? this guy's defense partner i mean henry okiharu people say that he could be that guy but we haven't seen it mm-hmm. have we i maybe one or two games not that i can remember though well they need to bring in a real pro veteran defender that can yeah. that can play with like and, nick jarmelson yeah well they need someone that can cover his mistakes if he wants to go up and and play offense you know so yeah mm-hmm. you're right like that does Adam Larson. 
yeah, like that part falls on upper management where they don't have the personnel to allow him to be more creative so that if he gets caught off the ice, someone can be back there and cover for him. Uh, but it also might be the system. Uh, it's guys you have all throughout the lineup, you know, and it's, it's tricky, but certainly there is a measure of uh, wasted potential there, I think. Yeah. Or, and again, going back to that? me questioning you on these two things. Yes. You, you made a long-term commitment to Jeff Skinner and Rasmus Dahlin by drafting him number one overall. If you can't fix this with these two players, if you can't get Skinner to be scoring 30 goals again, and if you can't get Dahlin to be that legitimate top pairing defenseman that you drafted him to be, change has got to be made because yeah. having Jeff Skinner as a fourth line player on this team, making that much money is not going to work out in the long run. And if they don't plan on doing anything to help Darlene be what they drafted him to be, they should be making a move there because his value is depreciating by the day. I agree. And you got to look at changes everywhere on the roster. But the thing is like, would I care? Would I care if they blew it up again? No. But at the same time, I don't trust the organization to get it right again. They, yeah, they've screwed it up for, uh, for how many years now with Jack Eichel on the team. If Jack Eichel was to be traded, like what faith is there that they even get it right with whatever assets they got? Oh, there's none. <laughs> there's none. There's no they, reason. They to have to get lucky it. at this point. It yeah. seems like. A lottery win, which is totally possible. We don't we don't know if they're gonna they probably won't make the playoffs the way they're going now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh we haven't talked about Tage Thompson yet. Tage Thompson and Casey Middlestat. Right. Uh right. you had some <laughs> strong words for Tage Thompson on Twitter the other day. If you want yeah. To uh I I don't know what they're trying to do with this guy. It's it's clearly not working. Uh, I think Jack, like they 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 need if they're so hell bent on him playing with Jack, right? Then they need to go to Jack and say, "Hey, you know, can you talk to this kid? Can you play Xbox with him? Can can you do something with him? Just spend a you can't spend time together because it'll be breaking protocol, but can you know uh, just." do something with this guy to make him feel a little more comfortable. I don't know. Well, maybe they have done that. Okay. Maybe they have done that to get him more comfortable, but it clearly hasn't worked. Okay. So if it hasn't worked, get him off the line. If you haven't done it yet, try it. And maybe that'll work. Uh, But maybe I'm going off on a tangent here, but if you're so convinced that Tage Thompson can play with Jack Eichel, uh, you either got to, you know, make the decision now and have Jack become friends with him because clearly they're not gelling. It seems like Tej is intimidated almost to be on this line. It, it, you know, like if you, if yeah, you that's see what his, it sounds like. If you see his body language and stuff, uh, his decision making, hurrying things, it's almost like he, he doesn't think he should be on the line with Jack doesn't look like he's second guessing himself that's what or he's, he's trying to do everything right and it's like all in his head that oh I'm on the first line I'm playing with Jack I should be I gotta do this perfectly like it's too much for him right right it's too much and um, I mean Casey Middlestat has has shown more in that he hasn't he hasn't made mistakes he hasn't looked like he's lost out there uh, and you know he looks he blends in. Uh, there's the there's the there's the sig- the stigma with Middlestat is taking a step. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a stigma with him because you know he was the seventh overall pick or whatever. Uh, but I mean, he right now he's better player for this team than Tage and like the, and, the Oposo. Tage, and Oposo and Oposo. Yeah, they they just they need to cut it out with this Tage Thompson on the top line stuff. It's not working. It's not going to work. I don't know where Tage can play at this point. He has he, nowhere to play. There's he has nowhere play. in this lineup for Tage Thompson to play. He's not defensively reliable enough to play in, Opo- in Oposo's fourth line spot. Maybe on the third line, but it, that's I mean, the thing. I, like at this point, I'd rather see Lazar, Shahan, 
Reader over Thompson. And I think the way that Middlestad has played, he deserves a spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like when Tage is out there, you, you either don't notice him or you notice him because he's doing something goofy and falling over like Bambi. Yeah. He falls down. Like he, he just, he looks nervous. And you know, like how many, how long have I been saying, I, I would love for him to turn into, you know, you know, put on a little more weight and then just, you know, send him to the net. He could be a brilliant power forward with his size. You, you don't see six, five, uh, forwards come around that often. And I, I don't know. It's just, he doesn't Who can skate as well as he does too. Right. And he has hands. He, he's shown flashes of that. He's a great shot, but I think it, it, it just, it looks like, and I'm no, I'm no psychologist. Okay. But I'm from an armchair, uh, GM standpoint. He, he, it looks like it's, it's mental, right? Could it be. looks, it, yeah, it looks like it's, it's something, um, that it's just he's doubting himself or something. I think at this point, I don't. I'm not going to criticize Kevin Adams for that Thompson contract because last year good Thompson played played well in Rochester. Three years, one point four. If it did work out and he did play well in the top six and he is scoring fifteen twenty goals, that's a great contract. That's a great value contract. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not going to criticize Adams for giving him that deal. But at, to this point, it doesn't look like it's going to work out. Thompson is 23, 24 years old at this point. The GM that traded for him isn't here anymore. I'm not saying wave him or just move on, but he should be, at this point, a pure trade asset. If you're going to go shopping at the deadline for rentals, I think Thompson is a trade ship. I think at this point... Jason Botterill's in Seattle. I would probably be more inclined to lose Tage Thompson to Seattle than just about any other player that would be available at this point. Botterill has been at the last couple of games as well in the arena. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he still lives honest. here. Do you think he still lives here? Is, could that be why he's been scouting the Sabres? Maybe. I wonder if he catches up with any of the guys like at the arena. He might. Who knows? I wonder, I mean, most of the Murray guys are gone. I want Tim Murray on the podcast. I really, like, that's my goal. We can try getting him. <laughs> if I have one goal, I want to reach out to Tim Murray and get him on the podcast. If anyone else wants to see great. that, hear it. That would be Let great. No, we, we can maybe try to make it work, but. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would Tate love Thompson, that. trade asset, uh, Kraken, future Kraken, maybe, if they even want him. <laughs> Now, sorry, just one more thing about Tim Murray. If he came on, I don't. Would he give real answers? I mean, he's oh probably, yeah, but he's still oh, probably yeah. still trying to find a job in hockey. I don't think so. He, I think he does racehorses now. Well, he owns racehorses. I think so. Where'd you find this out? I saw it on Twitter somewhere. I mean, look up Tim Murray and racehorses, oh, yeah. but I'm pretty sure he owns racehorses somewhere in him. Quebec. Yeah, good for him. He's following probably a little passion project who knows but wow i i think tim murray would give us all the information that we would like yeah i think that would be a blast he seems like a cool guy yeah for sure yeah i want to know like i want to know like what was his plan what did he want to accomplish that he didn't have enough time to do that's what i i I just want to have a conversation with the guy Wow. Okay. I just found an article from 2015. Uh, Murray is the owner of a number of standard breads with the most notable this season being two-year-old Trotter deep impact. Hmm. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, Murray's name has been more prominent on horses as of late. He's by no means a newcomer in the harness racing industry. The Shawville Quebec native began his involvement in early age. Wow. So yeah, he's been into this for quite some time and he's fully invested in that. That's wonderful. At this point, I don't think uh, Tim is going to be back in hockey. I would love to talk to like, what if we just talk to him about horse racing? That would probably be make him very comfortable. Probably. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, what about the Cam Fowler trade? How come that didn't happen? <laughs> yeah, ask him. Uh, oh, yeah, so... Uh, so well, Why did you trade two second-round picks for Hudson Fashing <laughs> and Nick DeLaurier? Yeah, we'll, we'll lure him in with... Uh, so the Preakness stakes are coming up. You know, uh, who's your favorite? Oh, oh yeah, great answer. Uh, so anyhow... Uh, <laughs> so anyhow... So why uh, did what's you trade deal? a first-round pick for Robin Leonard? <laughs> Tim, tell uh, me, why... Why not Leon Dreisaitl? Yes. Uh, so I understand that you're going to be naming your uh, your newest uh, purebred. Uh, um, mind that tank. Is that true? Tankosaurus Rex. Tankosaurus Rex. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what 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 inspired um that name? Should I tell us? Or oh oh you're naming it Lottery Pick. Oh that okay cool. Nice. Oh my God. All right. I love so it. how about how about around the NHL? Um, around we'll the give NHL. a quick little standings check. Uh, the Scotia Bank North, Montreal leading that division. Tyler Toffoli, by the way, I don't know if you caught that game yesterday. That man is a Canuck killer. He is. He is angry that Vancouver did not re-sign him. Okay, I want to bring up this question to you. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Taylor Hall for one year or Tyler Toffoli and Craig Smith for the contracts that they were given? Oh man, uh, uh, Taylor Hall. Really? I think I'd pick Toffoli and Smith. <sighs> you know what's funny though is whenever the Sabers think they won free agency and they they got the big fish, their big fish always underperforms. And someone who signed it's the other guy is always the better signing, right? Yeah. Villaino, Christian Erhoff. Yeah. Alposo. Yeah. You could have had. Uh, uh, Although Hall is playing very well. He's been. I mean, you you see that there's still more to give there, but he's still producing. Yeah. You I'm not ready to start heating up Tyler. Out of him. Yeah. yeah. Hall's right. fine. I don't think they're going to sign him. Okay. Here's another question for you. Yes. I know we're around the NHL right now, but you know what? I'll ask it later. Okay. I'll ask, you, I'll ask you that question. Remind me. Toronto, Winnipeg, and Edmonton are in the top four. Ottawa, they have three points in ten games. Yeah, they're horrible. <laughs> Vancouver is also Vancouver and Calgary in the outside well, looking in in the Canada wow. division. Wow, you know, Edmonton was three and six uh, on Saturday, I think. And now look, they've won three, three in, in a row. row. That's how quickly the Sabers can turn things around. You know, like that's the, isn't that so funny that. It's always been the case in the NHL, but the Sabres have just been so awful at piecing together wins that we just don't even notice that. The Sabres could go on a four-game winning streak and beat the Bruins and and uh, who do they face after that? The uh, the Capitals? Capitals, yeah. And they're right back in the things. Hell, they're probably two or three in the division, but uh, that's not going to happen because it just doesn't happen around here, right? Well, you know what? They're going to be out with COVID for a while. They're going to be missing these games. They're not going to come back fresh. They're going to come back tired, and who knows? There might be more positive tests waiting mm-hmm. for Sabre players. And who knows if how this is going to impact Hall and Ristolainen, too. This isn't like past years where you'd be on a bye week and you could refresh and get together with the team and say, you know what, we're going to come back after this break and we're going to play better. We're going to play better hockey. They can't even get together. Yeah. Are they going to get together on Zoom? I doubt that. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. They can't go to the to the rink. That's closed. We'll go sing Kumbaya with Ralph Kruger over Zoom. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical. We'll see. Uh, the Honda West. The Blues are currently leading that division with 15 points in 10 games. Colorado, Minnesota, and Vegas uh, are currently in those playoff spots. No surprises really there. Minnesota, I guess you can call them a surprise. They've been really good. Jordan Greenway, I checked yesterday. He had 10 points in 10 games. Good for him. Wow. I was a big fan of Jordan Greenway. Uh, The California teams and the Coyotes are on the outside looking in in the West Division. Now we look at the Mass Mutual East. Flyers, Capitals, Bruins, and Penguins are in the top four. I would Go to say right now, the Flyers, Capitals, and Bruins are probably locks in that division, in this division at this point. I don't think yes. the Rangers are going to be competing for a playoff spot this year, and it's probably going to be Penguins, Devils, Islanders, and Buffalo fighting for that last spot. You know, I am so happy 
that our discussions before the season began about how the Rangers are just being hyped because of their potential and not because of what's actually on that team. And it's actually looking like that's that's the case, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So brilliant. Look at us. Pat on the back for us. Pat on the back. Yeah. And the Discover Card Central. Carolina, Florida. Florida, by the way, are 5-0-1. They're a major surprise this year. Well, look at the top four teams in this division. Yeah. They're all 5-1 or 5-0 or 5-1. Mm-hmm. And they, they're all the teams that have had affected, they've been affected from COVID, too. Mm-hmm. Dallas, 5-1-1. One, one. Tampa, 5-1-1. One, one. You look at Columbus... Columbus, Chicago, they're doing a lot better than I thought. They have 10 points in 11 games. Nashville has been disappointing. And Detroit, obviously, they're at the bottom, six points in 10 games too. But good for Florida. Uh, the Bills, Zito had a busy offseason there. They lost a lot of guys to free agency, but they did a pretty good job bringing guys in to supplement there. Yeah, the end might be near for Nashville. I think so too. I think they're starting to get towards the end of their window. Their here. window. Yeah. The window's closing. You know what? We talked about bringing in defenseman. He's a left shot D, but I think Matias at home would be a great ad for Buffalo. If they, even if they keep Jake McCabe, I think he would be a great ad. He got, I think if they, he has another year left after this year, he'd be a good addition if Nashville decides to blow it up. Yeah. Um, what do you think they'd ask for? Hmm. That's a good question. I think they'd probably want a first round pick. I don't know if I'd be willing to give up a first round pick for one year at this point, but Mm -hmm. maybe they would want Samuelson. Well, just looking at this, something I want to point out too: the Senators goal differential minus 24. Yeah. Matt Murray has not been very good this year. But the defense they rolled out against the, the Oilers the other night was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Speaking and of defense on, on the Senators, uh, Eric Brandstrom, he already looks like he's in DJ Smith's doghouse. He was the main piece in that Mark Stone trade. I don't know. Like, I think he'd be. I think he'd be a great pickup for from a Sabres perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Brandstrom, he was drafted in the first round 2017 by Vegas. He got traded for Mark Stone. And he's a modern-day defenseman. He's a smaller frame, but he's a smart guy, pass-first defenseman, can move the puck. He'd be perfect, but as we've seen with Ralph Kruger, his track record over these past couple of seasons, uh, he'd probably try and turn him into a defensive shutdown guy and hold him back. So maybe... It wouldn't be, it wouldn't work out here. But I think the, Eric Brandstrom is a really good young defenseman. I'm just looking at the schedule. The games today start at uh, five thirty. Hmm. There's only two. It's just a doubleheader on NBC Sports Network. But uh, yeah. early start. Rumors Different are from Canada. Victor Mate and Sam Bennett requesting trades. Uh, any interest from you in either of these two guys from a Sabres perspective? I like Sam Bennett. He's always been a pest. Um, I believe he's played in the penalty kill as well. Uh, but Playoff performer. Playoff performer, indeed. He frustrated the heck out of me as a Jet fan last year. Uh, but, no, I think that he'd be a good addition. We need some more of that uh, toughness, I think. We don't have anyone who will stand up for their teammate. Have you noticed that? Ah, uh, yeah, I think You're Sam right. Bennett could could be. I do guy. think it's a little overrated, especially after listening to the instigators. While see, I okay, but times this week. listen, they have their thought. Okay, there's there's that way of thinking about tough guys, and there's another way of thinking where, you know, in terms of in the room, how would you feel if you got your head knocked off and no one came? Yeah, I think. I don't think that Victor Mate, I, I do like Victor Mate a lot. I liked him coming out of the London Knights in 2016. I don't know. I just, again, I don't think he would fit in here. The Sabres don't like that kind of defenseman. I just don't see it. I think Sam Bennett would be a great addition to this team. He'd be an RFA at the end of the year. He wants to play center. It seems like he wants a bigger role. 
than what he's given in Calgary. Bring him in. I don't think the Flames necessarily want to trade him, but he'd be a nice addition to this team. If it costed like Tage Thompson and a pick or prospect, I'd do it. Then Former fourth it. overall pick. He needs a change of scenery. Let's that can be Buffalo. I'm all yours. But keep in mind, coming from Canada, he has to do that long quarantine. So I don't think it'll be easy for Calgary to make a trade. It'll probably be more of an off season thing. Uh, Vince Dunn looks like he, I don't know. I, I don't know if, is if he, he done wants in St. Louis. <laughs> I don't know if it's that he wants out or if the blues are unhappy at a long, long, uh, contract negotiation with the blues. He's making about 2 million. I really like Don as a player. I think he would fit in very nicely here, but again, those offensive minded defensemen, not, don't seem to flourish in Buffalo. So this is why for times like this is when we need the old NHL.com headlines. Yeah. Like I I can think of a couple what's done is done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I guess they're asking for a first round pick too. I feel like at the end of the day, he stays in St. Louis, but I've always liked Vince Dunn as a player. So Uh, welcome here. Welcome him here. Sorry. One, One more. more. Tony D'Angelo. Oh, I was going to say. Oh, Vince. you have another. <laughs> Vince Dunn. D-O-N-E. <laughs> Come on. All right. Tony D'Angelo waved by the New York Rangers. Uh, general manager Jeff Corton saying he's played his last game as a New York Ranger, and they are waiting for a trade. I don't think he's going to get traded. No, no team should be bailing the Rangers out of this situation. He should not not be in the league. He should not be in hockey. The guy is just a doofus. And I don't, I don't know if you guys saw, I've retweeted it earlier this morning. Uh, Someone, a Canucks fan slid into Tony D'Angelo's burner account DM saying that he had a conversation with John Weisbrod, the Canucks assistant GM. And he told him that the Canucks were trying to trade for Tony D'Angelo and the salary retention would be necessary. And D'Angelo believed it. His <laughs> New York Ranger fan, bunch of numbers. And then he texted his agent, Pat Brisson, telling him this information, asking if it was true. And then Pat Brisson replies, stay off of Twitter. There's no interest, basically. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Please check uh... it out. I think he's just a Twitter username was Mr. Booth, and it looks 100% real. And Tony D'Angelo's burner account is absolutely hilarious. He's like, for the record, this is not Tony D'Angelo, blah, blah, blah. And then he said that in the Twitter conversation with the DMs with this guy. And then he's like, yeah, I'm just going to text my agent right now. Like, how dumb can you be? I don't know. How dumb can you be? Tony D'Angelo, he does not belong in the NHL. And he's going to say, oh, cancel culture, blah, blah, blah. No, get out of here. Like, you don't belong here. This guy, go play in the KHL with Slava Voinov. With the other cast. With the other, yeah, the other (laughs) bags and and degenerates. Yeah. He's done. I don't, I think he's going to be waiting at home the rest of the season. And what would you you think if I tried to troll this account? You should try. I, mean, I just not? DM'd him saying, yo, it really sucks what they're doing to you, man. <laughs> he should respond. Let's see. I hope he, I hope you get a response from him I during hope. the podcast. That'd be wonderful. That'd be but great. yeah, I don't think Tony D'Angelo will be playing in the NHL again. I think it's over. But at the same time, it's the NHL. And I feel like, I mean, someone's has- going to give him a second chance. They're going to be like, we're going to bring him into our culture. Right. We're gonna we're gonna hold him like a baby and tell him it's gonna be okay. And then he's gonna win like some ridiculous He did have fifty four point fifty two, fifty four points last year, but like I don't care. I don't want that cancer around my team. No. no. He's clearly just a jerk. Yeah. No. Goodbye. Tony Have you D'Angelo seen the uh, video? Actually, it's from like 2014 of his dad 
uh, defending him using slurs. No. <laughs> and he like he I I um he says sorry he says something like uh I don't mind if he uses them because I used those words when I was younger and oh, it's God. yeah so come on Ugh, it's past the sad. point of using generic terms like that kind of stuff doesn't belong in the game of hockey it's just like the dude is just he's a cancer he's a piece of garbage he's a piece of garbage like how can anyone want him on their team i thought i, I saw him. somewhere that there's interest in him so <sighs> maybe some team will get him but chris Kreider should be given the mark massier award or whatever it is what's what's the community leadership award uh, I don't know. I don't know if everyone heard, but Alex Georgiev clocked him after his last was game. I thought it was, it was Georgiev. No, no. Oh, wow. It, he went up to D'Angelo, went up to Georgiev after they lost the game. He made like a sly comment at him. Georgiev clocked him and they got broken up. Good for Georgiev. That's my favorite goalie in the league now. <laughs> Yeah, nice. so D'Angelo, I think he's done. And yeah. hopefully we get a you get a response from I hope. I'll keep you updated. Not Tony D'Angelo on Twitter. Uh one more piece of big news from the week. Jim Rutherford, Pitts, former Pittsburgh Penguins GM, resigns. Did not retire. He resigned. He had one year left on his contract. And the Penguins look like they're gonna start uh their GM search this week. Uh Chris Drury has been a name that has been brought up. Uh, with a bunch of others, doesn't look like they're going to get Tom Fitzgerald from New Jersey as the GM. And I don't think Jason Botterill is going to go either, although he had a chance to be the assistant GM there instead of going to Seattle, but he decided to go a different route. So we'll see how that shakes itself out. Uh, Jim Rutherford, not a really good GM, but I think he will be missed around the league as far as fans go because he was always interested interesting from a trades perspective he was not shy to make a deal so jr you will be missed i hope peter shirelli gets the job in pittsburgh though well so we can see Sidney crosby for a bag of pucks you said um you had another question for me earlier oh yes oh okay well, we're going into our last segment of the podcast now, and we're going to pretty much talk about where are we? Like, where are we going? Yes. Where are the Sabres going? Uh, okay. Sam Reinhart and Taylor Hall. You can keep one of them. Who are you keeping? Uh, oh, boy. That's a tough question. You let Taylor Hall walk, or... You sign him to, let's say, six-year deal, $9 million per. Mm-hmm. At, in that situation, you can't keep Sam Reinhart, so you trade him for, I don't know, let's say a late first-round pick, uh, hmm. a cap dump, like $3 million cap dump to make the salary work out. Uh, <sighs> B, B-minus prospect. That's your return for Sam Reinhart. What are you doing? And you get to keep Taylor Hall. I'm going to say Taylor Hall. Keep Taylor Hall. Really? Hmm. Yeah. That's that's a tough one for me, but I the way Sam Reinhart has played this year, I think I'd rather keep Reinhart. I don't know. See, like Hall has a history though of he can carry a team. I feel like he's yeah. won the MVP. If Jack ever went down, he's the guy you could say, "Okay, well, at least we have Taylor. You know, he's still here." I don't get that feeling with Sam. Yeah, I can see that. That's a tough question. That's for sure. It is. It's very tough. Ideally, you can keep both. Mm-hmm. But where are we? Where are the Buffalo Sabres? Well, I, think, I know we like to we like to poke the beehive here on the Charging Buffalo podcast. We like to ask some questions that no one else likes to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, if they miss the playoffs this year. Does Jack Eichel want out? Like, listen, if we I miss the playoffs this year. Does Sam Reinhart want out? I think I mentioned on the last podcast we have not scratched the surface 
of the potential pain that fans could be experiencing this offseason even, or even next season. Right, right, right. Jack Geichel has been here since 2015 and has seen nothing but losing. Mm-hmm. He signed that big contract that Jason Botterill did not want to give out. Mm-hmm. Pagula is forced on him. Mm-hmm. Where do they go? His no-move kicks in July 1st, 2022. They are going to be at a crossroads to the point where you got to say, are we going all in with Eichel or are we trading him? I don't think, and I let's clarify here. Let's clarify here. I love Jack Eichel. I think he is a phenomenal hockey player. He's not the problem. I think I own like 10 Jack Eichel jerseys. I have invested <laughs> a lot of money in this team, time, effort, the whole the team itself invested a whole se- two seasons to try and get this player. Not specifically that player, but that's who they got. Connor McDavid is who they wanted. But at this point, if they don't make the playoffs this year, they need to make a decision. Are we going all in or are we staying the course? Mm-hmm. And if you were saying we're staying the course, what are you doing keeping Jack Eichel hostage here? You right. Know? right, right, right. Uh I, I've alluded to this earlier in the show, but I no longer have any attachment to anybody on this team. Uh, I don't particularly care who is here and who is not next year. And that includes Jack Eichel. I have decided on the fact that we need uh, perhaps to clean house. To hit the reset. Yes. Uh, Listen, nothing's going to change. The team, they need to draft better. That's our biggest problem. <laughs> they haven't drafted well. If you've, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw, I think I, it was early in the morning. I go through Twitter half asleep when I wake up and I saw someone mention about bad drafting and I went through and I was like, oh, who'd they pick in the second round since 2013? Right. Lots of players, tons of players. They didn't hit on any of them. And someone was like, oh, if you look at Tampa, they haven't hit on any of their their second-round picks since 2013. Okay, that's all fine and dandy. But when you get Braden Point, Anthony Sorelli, and Nikita Kucherov in the second and third round over a 10-year span, it's all fine. But for unfortunately for the Sabres, they've hit on three picks outside of the first round since 2012, Jake McCabe, Victor Olofsson, and Lena Solmark. Mm-hmm. That is just not good. 57 draft picks over that span outside of the first round, and you only hit on three. Yeah. Yeah. It'll do it'll that'll do it for you. And I ideally you were able to keep Jack Eichel happy and you were able to win Stanley Cups with Jack Eichel as the captain, the first one to touch that Stanley Cup. But at this point. Let's be realistic here and not lie to ourselves. Last year, I remember we had this conversation comparing it to McDavid. Jack Eichel allegedly loves Buffalo. People say it all the time. Oh, he loves Buffalo, blah, blah, blah. His apparent love for Buffalo is not going to keep him here. Because what Jack Eichel loves more than anything is winning hockey games and having success. I actually just found that video I made. It's a wonderful video. You should retweet it. I want to see it again. I think I will. I think I will. His apparent love for Buffalo is not going to keep him here. And yes, he does have six, seven years. I think it's five or six years left on his contract after this year. But let's say he does request a trade. And there was smoke about that over the summer when Bob McKenzie tweeted that information that riled everyone up. If the Sabres miss again, maybe Eichel gives them the benefit of the doubt and says, okay, yeah, it was a COVID season, 56 games. We'll give it another year. Okay. Maybe that happens. But keep in mind, Eichel, there's no move clause kicks in July 1st, 2022. In that scenario, Eichel can say, okay, I'm out of here, and you're trading me to the Bruins or the Habs. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I want to go. I'm not playing for this team anymore. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but we're bringing up the situation, so we're prepared for it. Mm-hmm. You're doomed at that point. You're trading Eichel to the Bruins. What do the Bruins have to give up for Jack Eichel? Right. Tell me nothing. 
Nothing. There's nothing there. They're not training Dave Pasternak. Mm-mm. Two years from now, do you want Patrice Bergeron? Probably not. Or Brad Marchand. Or Brad Marchand? Probably not. Mm-hmm. The Bruins aren't going to give you Pasternak for Eichel. It just doesn't make sense for them, and it doesn't make sense for the Sabres either. Like, yeah, Pasternak's an unbelievable player, but I don't know. One for one doesn't make sense to me. And I think Pasternak's a free agent in a couple years anyways. Mm-hmm. Montreal, I think they have what it takes to trade for Jack Eichel. But do you want to trade him in the division? No. So do they say to themselves, okay, we're going to get out in front of this and trade Jack Eichel before that no move kicks in? Mm-hmm. Before they get to that doomsday scenario? Or are you going to go all in now and over the summer to try and say, hey, we're committed to you and we're committed to getting this team in the right direction? Yes, they've made a good first step with getting Taylor Hall, but it wasn't enough. They didn't do anything to their defense and they didn't do anything in goal. And I think that's what's going to cost them this season. I know Rasmus Ristolainen and Jake McCabe have made great strides this year and they've looked better. It's not good enough. And you need Kevin Adams needs to say to himself, okay, are we going all in with Jack Eichel on this team or are we hitting the reset button? Because I don't think there's any in between on this topic. Mm-hmm. You're either going all in with Eichel or you're trading Eichel, you're trading Reinhardt, and you're starting over. That's well said. Very well said. Uh, man, I and can't I know put it much it's better. I, I'm sure a lot of people have clicked away and been like, ah, blah, I can't listen to this garbage right now. It's the reality of the situation. If you're, you've all have been watching this team for the 10 games this season. To me and to you, Luke, they look painfully similar to last year. They're a little more structured defensively. Goaltending is still a question mark. The defense is still a question mark. And they still have trouble scoring goals at some points. I don't know. It looks pretty similar to me, and I don't see much growth. And I think I was listening to Chopin the Bulldog the other day, and they were kind of talking about this too. Mm -hmm. Does Jack Eichel look like he's having fun? No, seems like he's. You know what, Eric Stall too. I watch him play. Eric Stall plays like he doesn't want to be here. I'll say it right now. He might not want to be here. He might not. <laughs> he's thirty-five. Uh, however many years he has, you're not going. This is it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, would you want to spend your final year in this situation? I don't know. We're in a bad spot. Where like are I we? Said, to put it short, bad spot. Like I said, past couple of weeks, yes, we haven't scratched the surface of the pain that's potentially no. coming. No, because Hall Hall's going to be a free agent. Do you think Taylor Hall wants to sign here long term if Jack Eichel's not going to be here? Probably no. not. I'm going to go out on a limb there and say that. Um, if you trade Eichel, what are you getting back? Are they going to go the O'Reilly route? Or are they going to be like, okay, how about Matt Barzell? How about Matthews, Marner? Like, by trading Eichel, you don't necessarily have to get futures. You could get a player for now. I think a guy like Matt Barzell would be That's a true. good example of that. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd get more than Barzell, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, maybe it sucks that they are probably going to have to trade Eichel within the next couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. But it's it's sad to say maybe it just didn't work out. It should have worked out, but it didn't. Right. And it wasn't Jack's fault. It's not Jack's fault. And if you look at the laundry list of second and third round picks that failed, and even first round picks, that'll tell you the whole story. Jack Eichel's I, not a problem, but... <laughs> I can't wait yeah. for the Jack Eichel trade post-mortem show that we do mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just to see uh, what we're saying then a complete retrospective on his time in Buffalo. Yeah. I don't know. It's at this point, it seems inevitable. I, I know yes. that some people don't see it that way, but to me, it seems inevitable and I'm sorry if I offended anyone by saying this, but I just felt like I had to get it off my chest. The way they're going, it doesn't look promising. I don't know. Right. Sorry. And it's, it, it's different from like Connor McDavid because he actually has a real MVP 
caliber, consistent MVP contender partner. Taylor Hall has his MVP, but you know, he's not year after year. Yeah. The guy, but you know, McDavid is different because you know, he has his Malkin. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't like talking about impending Jack Eichel trade, but at this point I'm waiting for the notification on Twitter, you know, from Mm -hmm. Bob McKenzie or Friedman. Hearing mm-hmm. Jack Eichel has requested a trade. Like, it seems inevitable. Like, right. stop lying to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Tell I don't know truth. if you got anything else to say, but... I don't. <sighs> I am all good. You've all covered right. a lot. Yeah. All right. I hope We hope you enjoyed. We're going to try and do this once a week for the balance of the season until mm-hmm. we can't take it anymore. That has happened over the past few seasons, but yes. <laughs> uh, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, we would like to remind you to, that the show is brought to you by Just Dish and Hockey. Use code TCB at checkout to save 10% on your order. Um, check out thechargingbuffalo.net for recaps, previews, other articles, and prospect rankings. will be coming up pretty soon. Chargingbuffalo.net for that. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff, and you can follow us on Twitter as well, Joe TCB NHL and LVKETCB. Once again, we hope you enjoyed, and we will see you next week.